Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the podcast. Today we go into the economy and what is going on with the economy considering the pandemic. It's been an ugly process and it seems to be uh, on the road to getting worse. Uh, We talked to Sean Hannity. He's got a new book out called Live Free or Die. We discussed that. Governor Christy Nome from South Dakota. She's on the program. And Clay Travis about the wokeness of all sports right now, including the NBA and what is going on in China uh, plus uh, late-breaking news of a massive explosion in Beirut. We'll get into that as well. Uh, you can always go to the podcast and subscribe. All the episodes here are free and are also available uh, for for Stu Does America. That's my show. It's available on blazetv.com slash Glenn as well. Use the promo code Glenn if you want to save 10 bucks. Uh, you can go there. And I would also encourage you to vote for Glenn for the Radio Hall of Fame. You can do that at radiovote.com. This is the last week you can do it. One vote per email address, radiovote.com. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Who's ready for a hard lockdown for the next six weeks, huh? <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, man. Who's ready? Uh, Boy, uh, Neil Kashkari, the president of the Minneapolis Federal Reserve Bank, is calling for Mm -hmm. America to go into a hard shutdown for at least a month, maybe six weeks, to stop Mm. the spread of COVID, uh, arguing Uh the U.S. government Mm -hmm. can afford it. Oh, cool. Can you believe that from a Fed chairman? Jeez. Yes. Yes, yes, I can too. I can this too, was actually. this was the Fed's idea. Remember, the Fed is the one that walked in to the Oval Office and said, "Mr. President, here's how we do it." And they mm. had already modeled, strangely, a complete shutdown. Wow! And they said, "We'll have a V-shaped recovery. It will be great." Of course, the V-shaped recovery has not happened. But they're saying that's because of the president. He just didn't do it right. So now. Mr. Kashkari uh, uh, says uh, we got to really shut it down. Yeah, for six oh. six more weeks, shut everything down. Total lockdown of restaurants mm. and bars and movie theaters and any everything. non-essential business. Absolutely everything. And then, and then once we get that case count down, and so mm. that we can, our testing can take over as well as our contact mm. tracing. Uh, that will actually uh, be enough to control mm. it afterwards. So just one okay. more hard okay. lockdown for a month and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just and to finish off any of the businesses that are still open, we'll just finish those <laughs> off. Right. And then we'll sure. just start a whole sure. new thing uh, in six okay. weeks. Yeah. You know who Kashkari is? I, uh, I can't remember, but he sounds really familiar. Yeah, okay, so he is uh, Jamie, uh, Jamie Dimon's uh, protege. Okay. You might remember That's him from that. Uh, right, and wasn't he with some campaign? 
No, no. No. He was the guy who oversaw TARP for the U.S. government. Okay. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. Wow. So uh, he's the guy that uh, gave us TARP and oversaw TARP. And uh, now he's the chairman of the Federal Reserve, strangely in Crazy. Minneapolis, which is really fantastic. Uh, and he's I mean, you know what this is? This is the reset. The Federal right. Reserve wants to reset the entire globe. Uh, they are they're angling to be the central bank of the world, uh, and they want to reset our economy, our money, and it's it, it's all out in the open. It's there's no conspiracy about it. In fact, the Economic Forum is having a uh, a, a big forum on this to to put it all into place in January. But they have to have the United States hobbled. To be able to do it. That's what's happening. And this will hobble us. I mean, we're already hobbled. Uh, this just kind of puts us out of our misery, doesn't it? Another six-week lockdown. What what happens to businesses? Uh, so many restaurants have closed around us where, where we live, uh, the three of us, that I, I, I just can't believe how many are gone permanently already. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, our movie theater that's near us still hasn't reopened. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't know how you survive after five months or six months of zero income. You don't. I don't know how that happens. You don't. Yeah, you don't. Right. Yeah. I mean, you I, don't. You're seeing now a lot of these businesses that at the beginning were able to weather, uh, you know, the storm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but like I have, you know, an Instagram account where I just, you know, I basically follow a lot of like local businesses and restaurants and little places that we go. And just mm-hmm. every day you turn the thing on, there's another one saying and like, we tried really hard. We, we lasted four months, but this is it. We're shutting our doors in a week. Yeah, it's really freaking yeah, depressing. It's terrible. Yeah, mm. because I mean, how long can you stay open when you're just doing takeout? Even if they allow you to be open, I mean, nice restaurants. You're, no. you're not going to go takeout. Uh, I mean, I have, but uh, it's not going to happen very often. <laughs> oh, I have. It's just not as good <laughs> no. when you get it home that way. And it would be nice. I don't know if the government, who was you know who decided to do all these shutdowns, would. I mean, it's, it's, it wasn't a mystery that this July 31st date was coming, was it? Did the calendar, like, switch? Was it, like, this big, like, haze as to how many weeks until July 31st? Now you're at July 31st. All these programs have run out. I guess we're just going to see what happens. Yeah. We're just going to see what happens. Yeah. Like, I'm not a big uh, fan of spending money from the government, but when you, when the government comes in and says, hey, you guys are all going to shut down. And they force it. And yeah. they force you to do yep. it. This is more like a, you know, an, an eminent domain situation. They're just taking mm-hmm. your business for right. a certain amount of time and that is very mm-hmm. much in the constitution uh that that, that would be uh, an appropriate use of 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 this sort of uh, uh spending i don't love it anyway but still you can't screw every business owner out of their business and right? then they also haven't. drop they the haven't. ball at the deadline so now none of this how money is you? there for them i how dare you they are not doing that they are not doing that to all businesses they're, the big businesses are totally fine the mm-hmm. big businesses their stocks are going up for strangely no apparent reason other than the fed is printing money and buying those stocks so those companies can uh, can continue amazon's I mean, never been better yeah they're doing fine well amazon is amazon is different amazon and anybody who is on the internet like that i'm talking about you know what about ge G G is not something that you buy on the internet. Maybe a no. hairdryer here and there, but it's like oh, I want to build an airplane. Why isn't GE suffering? 
GE stock well, is going up. Why? Be- because they bring because good things to life, right? Isn't right. that, isn't that right. why? Right, right, <laughs> said Dr. Frankenstein. Uh, the, uh, the, the Fed is buying the stock market. The Fed is bailing all of these people out. They are uh, um, they're bribing them, basically. They're bribing them. Look, you are going to survive. Just play ball with us. You'll survive. And they're picking the winners and the losers. It's obscene. What is what is happening right now? It's absolutely obscene. And the ones who are going to pay the biggest price are us. This is going to go down as the largest theft in the history of planet Earth. They have taken Mm -hmm. these small businesses, taken their livelihoods away, taken their uh, their wealth away. They have nothing left, nothing left. And are they getting the loans? No, no. No. Is the Fed opening up the coffers and making sure that they're fully financed? No. Nope. Do you guys see the Yelp uh, report that they put out about the restaurants? No. In June, they put out a report so that 41% of the restaurants on Yelp uh, that, that were temporarily closed uh, are going to be permanent closures. I 41%. Believe I believe it. This month, it's up to 55%. Jeez, oh, man. 55% of all the restaurants on Yelp are not going. I mean, that's an oh. incredible number, right? Wow. Uh, and, and restaurants, wow. for whatever reason, is just the most visible part of this. Yeah. And we all talk about there's restaurants gyms but there's, and bars. Oh, my God. They're like those bars. poor guys in New Jersey who are trying desperately to do their business and keep getting arrested. They get their business boarded up. They're not even so in an outbreak zone right now. in the boards right. and opened it back up yeah. and got arrested again. Uh-huh. I, I just, it's unbelievable. That's amazing, too, because there that's an area where there's not even an ongoing outbreak. Like, yeah. they're still closing yeah. them down even when there's not anything going on. I, 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 you know, some of this is just, you can tell, obviously, just, you know, crazily, crazy governors grabbing power. And, and, yep. and no, it is, it is, it is the Democrats that know exactly what's going on. This is a well orchestrated plan. It is. Look what it's doing. It's shoving people into corners where, when they're desperate, they either will just go along with any plan or they will rise up. Look what's happening in Pinellas County uh, right now. I think, it, no, it's a Pinell County in Arizona. The sheriff in Arizona has said, I'm just going to make a citizen posse and I'm allowing all the residents mm. to uh, be deputized. What is that, Stu? What is that? That's something I've been saying is going to come mm-hmm. for a long, long time. Yeah, what I mean, is it? You never let a crisis go to waste, right? And they're right. definitely u- utilizing that philosophy here. Right. And this is the Bubba effect. This is citizens with no recourse, no recourse. They're going to their their sheriffs and the sheriffs are doing right by the people. But there's two forms of justice now. There's the justice that's going to come from the out of control governor and the police force. And then those citizens who have been deputized uh and and they're they're acting in the name of the sheriff and they're saying nope not around here you're not going to be doing that around here i mean this is the makings of a civil war and and i don't believe for a second that those people on the uber left and those people really connected those those governors 
that are really, really connected. You, you, you can guarantee that the governor and the mayor of Seattle and, uh, and what's her name in Michigan uh, and Cuomo, they know what this is really all about. You can't do this and expect people to behave themselves, expect people just to take it. Oh, I, I bankrupt, you know, 50% of all of the businesses uh, in these small towns. Uh, they're going to be fine. There's mm. there's nothing there's nothing mm-hmm. that says that you look at the 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 doctors on what they're saying are is happening to children to children. The CDC just came out and said schools must open. So why aren't schools opening? Why aren't schools opening? The CDC. Let's let science dictate. They're yeah. saying you must open the schools. Because there is a real mental health issue that is affecting all of our children. Nobody seems to care about that. Why? And it's going to be so impossible. Like, they're going to be struggling through this in just bumbling around. Like, there was already, they still opened up schools in, I think it was in Indiana. And already, day two, they've got, like, you know, a few kids testing positive for COVID. So now they're shutting down again. I mean, think about what this is going to be if you're if you have kids in school, which I do. It's going to be open and close and open and close and open and close until they figure this out. And did you see the uh, county commissioner in uh, Montgomery County, Maryland, who said that the public schools can can reopen and and you can go physically to school. Okay, but the private schools can't. (laughs) Wait, wait, Uh, what? Why would that be? I'm sorry. (laughs) I have an update on that. The governor overturned it. Yeah, the governor. The governor yesterday, yeah. yesterday afternoon, overturned it and thank said, goodness. "Screw you." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank, thank goodness. goodness. Uh. I mean, what what kind of world are you living in where that could have stood? This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Glenn, great to be with you. And we have not talked in way too long. Uh, uh, and don't think I forgot you, Stu, and Pat, you know, going at me pretty hard <laughs> in 2016. And, uh, by the way, let bygones be bygones. Uh, I have nothing but enormous respect for you guys, all that you have accomplished and do accomplish. And, you know, can I add one thing on this, if you don't mind? Point of privilege. You know, It's funny. <laughs> I, to- I totally get that there were friends of mine and conservative friends of mine that doubted that Donald Trump would govern as a conservative. Totally get it. You know, he, he donated to Democrats, he donated to Republicans, et cetera. Hillary was at his wedding or whatever. But I've known him for 25 years, so I, I felt like I was putting my entire credibility on the line when I told him that. I, 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 I can understand on paper why people would think, oh, is he really pro-life? Is he really pro-Israel? Is he really... Um, committed to originalists on the court, and I, and I think it's come true. Um, and we had a slight disagreement, but you've always been so kind to me. Let me use your studio for how long, uh, for free? Uh, just amazingly dr- generous. So thank you, and thanks. I'd for like me. to reclaim my time, please. I'm reclaiming <laughs> my time, please. Sean, um, you you have been on the bandwagon as as I have been that we are going down into really dangerous times and. I am amazed how far we have slipped 
Uh, if it wasn't for Donald Trump, I think we would be toast by now. If Donald Trump loses this election, uh, I don't think America exists. Um, the the coordination in all of these things um, that is happening around the world and here in America is outrageous, obvious, and yet very few people are reporting on it. They'll never report on it. I, you know, I use the line almost daily, Donald Trump, third cancer, that they would want to impeach him. You know, at the bottom of the book, Glenn, and I, this is the, I've always hated, I only, I did three previous books, the last one 10 years ago. I always hated my picture on a book. I hate it. And I really put, wanted to get this right. It says in Latin, my working title writing in this book was Live Free or America Dies. And what you just said is a thousand percent right. It's all on the line. There's a part of me that's scared to death in 91 days. If, if the stated Biden agenda is implemented, and that is, okay, now now he's plagiarized even Bolshevik Bernie's uh, socialist socialism, almost word for word. He's promising trillions of dollars to AOC's insane Green New Deal. And the process will also eliminate the lifeblood of the world's economy, oil, gas, coal. Uh, those are tens of millions of jobs, high-paying career jobs for our fellow Americans. And we finally became energy independent, independent in the world's largest oil producer. That's huge. But on every single issue, every one from the courts, you know, Biden will raise taxes. It's amnesty. It's the United Sanctuary States of America. It's appeasement like Barack and Joe did with the mullahs in Iran with $150 billion. Uh, there's been no greater friend to Israel than Donald Trump. I, sh- I don't even know what Joe's policies are. There'll be no vetting of Biden the way people like me and you. You vetted Barack Obama. I vetted Barack Obama. We took a lot of heat for vetting Barack Obama, a lot. And But the rest of the media wouldn't. The media is so corrupt. They're, they are nothing but propaganda, all things radical democratic socialist. And they are cheering. They, they wake up every second of every day hating this president that let, let's go pre coronavirus. And if you want, we can talk about that, that created record low unemployment that Joe and Barack never dreamed of creating. And the president mm-hmm. has said it couldn't be done. So, so, so we just talked about um, on Yelp, 50 percent of the restaurants on Yelp are now gone, closed forever. Um, what is the plan? The, the Federal Reserve is saying that now we have to shut down for another hard six weeks. Um, this is insanity, Sean, and I know the president knows that. Wall Street's doing well because they're being bailed out uh, with their stocks by the Federal Reserve. Where is the president uh, and how is he going to help the small business person who is really struggling listen small business is the heart and soul of the country you, you we it, it cannot yes. be an option now the cdc about a week and a half ago put out their latest restrictions and what they said and anecdotally because i live in i say this affectionately for adam schiff it, when this was a shift show the epicenter of this virus mm-hmm. in new york and I was here, and I'm watching it. I remember within like 36 hours, 18,000 new cases in Long Island, talking to my friends working in hospitals, very bad. The country demanded the shutdown. Okay. 
we nobody knew what we were dealing with. Everybody got everything wrong. The meta, the, the experts got it wrong. The models were wrong. And so based on the little we knew, because China lied to the world, this all could have been prevented, which drives me insane. I'm so angry. But to go to a shutdown would be a disaster. Now, we've learned certain things. We've learned, like, for example, what DeSantis did, and he was getting hammered because they have the second wave down there. But he went in immediately and, and mobilized every single agency in the state of Florida, and they protected the people in the villages, every nursing home, every long-term care facility. If you look at mm -hmm. Florida or Texas, their total death toll doesn't match just one of the worst days in New York because we learned we've got to protect the elderly, compromised immune systems, uh, those that have underlying conditions. Okay, so the question is about the economy. Now, if you can't shut it down, the CDC says if you wear masks four to six weeks, we will eradicate the virus. Um, I've been an early mask advocate because anecdotally, Glenn, I was going out every week, once or twice a week to my local grocery store, my drugstore. Every single week, I'd see the same people. They were all in masks. They had the plastic at the cashier, although I do the, my own checkout. And mm -hmm. I, every, I, I got to be friends with this one kid you know, who stocked the shelves every week. Now, remember this, too. If the economy ever shut down and farmers didn't farm, packers didn't pack, and truckers didn't truck, and guys like this young kid, Robert, I put him on my radio show because I'd see him every week like everybody else in that store. And every week I'd say, has anyone gotten this virus? The answer was no. I'm like, okay, same with my local drugstore. I have two, actually, Rite Aid and CVS. Same thing in both of them. Nobody got it. They wore the mask. So I've been an advocate of the mass. The CDC is saying that's the case. Now, I'm not for mandatory anything. I, I, I'm a freedom guy. But mm -hmm. for me, I choose, and I've said this, I choose to wear it for because my, my parents are, are long gone, my, my grandparents are long gone, but if I ever got it, I wouldn't want to get somebody else's parents or grandparents sick. And the other thing, selfishly, Glenn, I want to go to a baseball game. I want to go to a football game. I want life to turn to normal. And, and we can do it. You have temperature checks when you walk in. They actually have these turnstiles, Glenn, where you can walk through. It takes everybody's temperature in record time. Have a high temperature. You can't come in today. Here's a ticket for another day. Here we just, just cash this in. So for restaurants, it's harder. I, I'm a little worried. We, I have not gotten a definitive answer about whether or not it, if, if this can get in air conditioning systems. If we do that coupled with and again, this is only this is going to be a short period of time that Americans, I would ask them voluntarily to do it because we are we've made so much progress with a therapeutics. You have Moderna, you have AstraZeneca. You know, we're now in final phase trials of a vaccine. And then, by the way, there may be people that don't want to take it. Nobody should get forced to take that. If they don't want to take it. They shouldn't have to. And but the fact that we've been able to break down the sequence of the virus in like six weeks and could have a potential vaccine in nine months would be mind-blowing a mind-blowing historical breakthrough of monumental proportions because this is the worst pandemics in 1918 so that would help now can we get all of those businesses back and up and running again i doubt it you know you're talking my father was a, a waiter on weekends you know trying to send me and my sisters to to catholic schools um I stay in touch. I only go to like four restaurants and I, I'm best friends with all the guys. I've gotten to know them all. I've stayed in touch with all of them throughout the pandemic. 
um, tried to help them, just mention their, their names on, on air. My security guy goes, are you stupid? And I said, I care more about my friends. I'm not worried about people knowing I go to my favorite restaurants. So it's tough. They've adapted. Every single restaurant now is an outdoor seating, usually in, in Long Island, for example. Um, they also take out, drive up, take out. That has been booming. And I urge people, you know what, even though you can't go out to your favorite restaurant, just go, you know, go anyway. Go pick up food, support your local community, your local business, so that they're there for you. And I, I think it's going to be therapeutics. I think it's going to be a little bit of a discipline by the American people. I do like mass social distancing. You don't want to get somebody's mom or grandma sick. And, and I think we're over this, you know, sometime in the fall, my guess. I think pretty, I, I feel pretty certain, very optimistic about that. And that would be American goodness, greatness, and innovation and ingenuity, you know, at its best. That's what we love about freedom, Glenn. That's what patents do okay. love about freedom. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Clay Travis, an author, radio show host, lawyer, TV analyst, uh, and founder and lead writer of OutKick. I mean, the guy is hogging all of the jobs in America. Uh, and uh, it's pissing me off. Clay Travis, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Appreciate you having me. You bet. You bet. Uh, now, I know when you think sports, you immediately think Glenn Beck. Uh, <laughs> but there are some people in the listening audience that are not as good at uh, sports talk as I am, of course. Uh, so feel free to talk down uh, to me. Um, Clay, I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things. First of all, uh, these companies that are lecturing us, uh, ESPN, uh, the NBA that are lecturing us about how to live our lives and uh, and social justice. And then uh, we find out NBA China, the academies over there, uh, they were horror shows and everybody knew about it. Yeah, it's it's in it's the height of hypocrisy, uh, I, I think, for people out there who aren't aware the NBA in particular wants to brand itself as a socially justice-laden league. And they want to convince everybody that if you're not supporting the NBA, you're a horrible human being. And they've looked, they've put social justice messages on their jerseys. they put it literally on the court. Nobody is standing for the national anthem. Uh, every single game, it's a triple header there of social justice activism. Yet, Simultaneously, they are cashing checks for hundreds of millions or billions of dollars from China uh, in what I'm sure you agree with me is the closest thing to modern Nazism. I know it's a mm -hmm. communist-based uh, government, but if you were trying to analogize to modern society, look, they're, they're uh, aggressively taking over uh, Hong Kong. They want Taiwan, the South China Sea. Uh, and certainly they're pulling books literally out of libraries. They are fundamentally opposed to basic human rights, to the First Amendment, to religious freedom, and they have concentration camps. That sounds very similar to the authoritarianism that we saw from Nazi Germany. And so I think what I'm asking and what many people out there who are reasonably intelligent are asking is, wait a minute, how can you simultaneously lecture America and uh, try to tear down American values while bending the knee to China, you say if uh, if we shut up and dribble, it's racist in America. 
But if China pays you enough money, you'll shut up and dribble about much worse abuses that are going on in their country. And frankly, I think the average American uh, is, is up to their eyeballs in hypocrisy and can't stand for it. So what do you think uh, about the ratings uh, that are that are just tanking right now? I heard that last time that people were sick of it and the ratings were going down, but it, it didn't seem to be actually accurate this time. I just read that NBA and Major League Baseball ratings are in the tank. Is that true? And is this happening because people are sick of it? Well, so there's a fascinating sort of interplay that's going on right now. So for people who haven't been paying attention, we are dealing with the wildest August of sports that we've ever seen. They start at noon Eastern and go till midnight every day in the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and golf as well. And the storyline so far has been there's a huge pent-up demand for sports to return, and initially there is a massive blip. Uh, we saw it with NASCAR, we saw it with Major League Baseball, we saw it with UFC, we saw it with PGA-related events. NBA didn't go up. Uh, in fact, the NBA actually went down a little bit uh, on averages right out of the gates. And since then, the numbers have continued to decline. So whereas every other league in particular saw this massive uptake in interest, the NBA has been trending below their average season interest before they ever shut down at all for people why like do you me, think what that means i i think it's because of uh, the politics look there there are very few people i believe you gain by deciding to be political in the world of sports by which i mean there are very few people who say oh i'm not going to watch this sport because there isn't enough politics mixed in with <laughs> right there's very few people who say that most people glenn they want to get a beer they want to kick their feet up, and they want to escape the serious things in life. That's why they watch sports, right? They don't want to watch Fox News or MSNBC or CNN or local news or whatever else. They don't want to think about the coronavirus. They want to just have a beer, kick their feet up, and escape the serious things in life for a very long time. Back in the day when everybody bought newspapers, uh, the sports section was called the toy chest of life, right? Like even as an adult, you'd feel a little bit better as you open the sports page because it's a recitation of men's successes, whereas very often uh, the rest of the newspaper is a recitation of men's failures, right? And mm. so I believe that the people that you are gaining are minuscule to non-existent by being political and that you're losing a ton. And my argument has been, Glenn, that that's because many people out there think of the average NBA viewer as a 16-year-old on Instagram uh, in reality, the average NBA viewer is a 55-year-old guy in the Midwest, uh, and that guy might well have voted for Donald Trump. You know, there are millions of people, if not tens of millions, that overlap between NBA fans who may be Republican or have voted for Donald Trump. And so when you're telling those people, hey, you're awful human beings, well, why in the world would I want to support uh, your league with my free time? when there are a lot of other things that I could choose to do instead. It's interesting, Clay. I mean, this, so is, a, this is the United States of America, and I've always kind of been of the opinion that you, we're going to put up with a lot of stuff to watch sports. I mean, I, you know, as an Eagles fan, if Carson Wentz joins ISIS tomorrow, I'm probably still watching. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. But there is a limit, right? And I feel like I, you know, just watching the NBA the past few days, I mean, the limit, it's constantly in your face. Every interview is about what they think about the national anthem. It's as if these games mean absolutely nothing, and that is not a way to sell your sport. 
Well, here's the larger context. I, and people say like, hey, you need to use your platform for uh, to advance better causes and all these different things. What I said on my radio show this morning, and I host uh, the na- nationwide Fox Sports Radio morning show, was I said, hey, you know, murders are up, according to yesterday's front page Wall Street Journal, 24% in the 50 mm-hmm. largest uh, cities in this country. I think there's a strong argument to be made that the protests in the NBA aren't just alienating viewers. I think you can make an argument that they are making America less safe for the people that they claim that they care about the most because there are hundreds, if not thousands, of people who are dying in inner cities and in cities in America today because the NBA and other sports leagues have effectively, whether they want to acknowledge it directly or not, decided to demonize law enforcement and make the police the enemy of their league and the enemy of their country, when in reality, we never talk about the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of lives that police save every single year in this country. And so when you don't let police do their jobs because you're arguing they're all awful human beings based on the actions of a handful that deserve to be prosecuted, I think you can make an argument that not only is the NBA making it worse for themselves and their own sport, which is at least a business and people can respond to it, I think there's a strong argument that the NBA is actually making things worse in America right now and leading to more deaths than there would be if they had, in fact, just played the games. So how does this how does this play out? I mean, when you're looking at this, I mean, I think isn't Drew Brees is still apologizing this morning. He's still behind a microphone apologizing Uh, when you have people just scared out of their wits that they're going to lose everything if they don't abide. How do you get this to be changed? I mean, what happens from here? I I believe in markets, right? I'm a capitalist. I know that sometimes that's a a bad word to use in America today. Mm, Uh, I believe that, that ultimately pocketbook decisions dictate everything, right? And so uh, what we're doing at OutKick is we're throwing punches back. We're like the only if people out there are like, man, I like sports, but I've lost my, you know, sort of, uh, sort of ballywick there. You can go read OutKick and you can listen to us and we're throwing punches back at what we think are bad arguments. But yesterday I had one of my partners at OutKick.com, uh, Jason Whitlock, on with me, who's fantastic. I think, I think the most talented sports writer in America. And he's got a whale of a column uh, that's up on our site today about George Floyd and, uh, and, and the challenges that is brought to bear on sports and some of the poor decisions that are being made. Uh, but he said, and I think this is true, and I think it's not just true for sports writers, there's a lot of people out there who 100% disagree with the direction that sports are going, even in our sports media industry. But they're like, man, I got a job that pays me seventy-five or eighty thousand dollars a year. I got a kid in college. I got a kid that uh, that I'm hoping to put in college sometime soon. And it's just not worth me rocking the boat to point out that I disagree when we're in such a universe now where if you have the wrong opinion, you lose your job. So I think what's important is one: everybody out there listening make their own decision on a day-to-day basis about how they spend their free time based on whether they feel like they are being respected or not, uh, and whether they're getting their dollar of enjoyment out of it or not. But two, I think you need to support people who are throwing punches back so that there becomes more of a marketplace idea in the world of sports. Glenn, I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the kids who stood up, when I say kid because he's a young guy, uh, was, a, uh, was a guy named uh, last name Isaac, right? Uh, 
uh, and uh, he's an Orlando Magic player, very religious, mm-hmm. stood up for the national anthem and gave a great answer right. about why he did so. The next day, unfortunately, he tore his ACL playing for the Orlando Magic. Jonathan Isaac is his name. That same day, ESPN, one of their national radio shows, put up a poll on Twitter. Was it funny that the guy who didn't stand for the national anthem tore his ACL? Well, they would never have done that if Colin Kaepernick had torn his ACL after kneeling. It's become cool in the sports media to ridicule people if they have different political opinions than you deem to be acceptable, and that is basically anything other than far left wing. Uh, I think that's alienating a huge portion of the American sporting public, and as a result, we're not having an actual marketplace of ideas. But I think we need to fight back. Um, and, uh, and I think the great thing about being a capitalist and the great thing about markets is I'm not really a boycott guy, but I am of the belief that if you watch a television show and you ultimately, even if you used to enjoy watching it, if the show is not very good anymore, go find something that's better. If you're a sports fan and you're watching sports and you're like, eh, you know what, I'm not getting as much enjoyment out of this as I used to, go watch something else. Go golf yourself. Go play a sport yourself. And ultimately, when the dollars dry up and when the audience dries up, everybody's going to take a step back and say, man, what were we thinking with the decisions that we made? 